We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Wait, Katie and Kyrie could stay? It looks like it's a possibility, and obviously we're about 13 days after the trade request, and Kevin Durant is still technically a net. Obviously, a lot of summer left, a lot of offseason left. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, hit us with a subscription and a five-star review. But, Jack, where do you want to go? Nick, we'll start with, I think, the KD Kyrie stuff and how they're sort of interrelated and sort of just go through it from there. Last night, around 10 p.m., I think your time, midday my time, Brian Lewis posted an article that broke Nets Twitter for, for a couple of hours saying that Kyrie Irving wants to be a Brooklyn Net with or without Kevin Durant. And then we got reporting that followed that today from Brian Windhorst, who's been you know, pretty tuned in with this sort of stuff, as has Woj, obviously, for different reasons and you know, get different stuff from Shams and, and the like. But talking about the fact that the Nets are prepared to keep him and Kevin Durant going forward, that's what, quote, the vibe is. And for those that are, are fans of The Castle, an iconic Australian movie, we know how good the vibes be. And what's the vibe, uh, James Harden uh, style last year? Um, vibes are important, Nicholas, sometimes. But what is your vibe and how are you feeling about this recent news? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say the vibes are great right now in Brooklyn. I don't, I, I mean, I would guess they're still pretty bad. You know, obviously nothing is really settled. It's kind of like, oh, we're forced into the situation because we haven't received a trade package that we really love. And I can't recall which podcast it was on. It might have been Brian Windhorse's podcast. And him mentioning is the Nets are going to kind of sit on Kyrie until they trade Kevin Durant, because if they do bring Kevin Durant back, they're most likely just going to keep Kyrie in that situation as well and let him play out his contract and really have that quote unquote, you know, last dance, you know, potentially this one year run. But like you mentioned, Jack, I think it's really important to break down the Brian Lewis report and try to understand why that was leaked specifically. And also, I think it's important to note is Kyrie technically never said he didn't want to be a net. You know, the Nets weren't willing to offer him a contract he liked. He felt like he could get that contract elsewhere, you know, potentially being in L.A. He obviously was given permission to seek sign and trade scenarios in terms where he'd get that deal, wasn't able to bring that to fruition. So I don't think it's ever really been in question, you know, does Kyrie want to play in Brooklyn? It's more in question, 
does he want to play for the Nets ownership and front office? Let's, I guess, get to some of the key points from that article because there are a lot. And Brian Lewis right now, Oh, at least yesterday, was in Vegas for Summer League. Kyrie Irving's been at Summer League. There'd probably be agents and such. Uh, uh, Brian Lewis can be hit and miss when it comes to Kyrie Irving stuff, but I, I don't know. The, 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 to me, there's a bit of credence to it, Nick. Uh, Jack, I don't know if you saw um, in Summer League, Brian Lewis went up to Kyrie Irving and asked him for information. He said, go through the correct channels. And then a day later, we got this report. So obviously, there could be something there. You know, based off of some rumors and people saying things on Twitter that Kyrie does not like Brian Lewis very much, you know, based off of some things that have happened in the past. So, you know, obviously take that with a grain of salt. But also, like I said, Jack, in your eyes, why would Kyrie's team want to leak this or Kyrie himself want this to be leaked and obviously, you know, showcased? I mean, it sort of relates to what we spoke about with Kyrie Irving previously, Nick, in terms of him sort of painting himself as the the guy that's that's showing the loyalty. And if it's him getting kicked out, then it's just like, well, this is on Joe Sy and Sean Marks. And look, does it increase his trade value or decrease his trade value? I have no idea. But the quotes here are, are pretty telling. And this is from uh, Brian Lewis. How do we get into this situation about the trade when he opted in? The source asked rhetorically. Here's the situation. He opted in, which means he had and he has every intention of playing with the Brooklyn Nets. KD decides he wants out, and now everybody's talking about trading Kyrie, right? Kyrie has not asked for a trade. Now, if the Nets don't want him, that's something totally different. Kyrie has not said he wants he wants a trade. He opted in. So where did the trade conversations come from? Is it because KD requested a trade, and everyone's like, well, we've got to trade Kyrie? Kyrie opted in. That's a that's probably the most telling part from the article, Nick. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you take it with a grain of salt because it's probably not directly from Kyrie Irving. He's he's not, you know, out there saying it on Twitch or some type of feed. So a grain of salt. But again, I think it is. But is Kyrie Irving ever to conversely, obviously, you know, you take things from reporters and from sources as they come. But a lot of people who are big Kyrie Irving stands and believers and that sort of thing are like, well, has Kyrie Irving ever asked himself? Has he ever said the the opposite, Nick, that he wants to go to LA and such? It seems to me that it's just like, well, it's LeBron stuff. It's stuff, you know, the the Lakers machine from Brian Windhorst, Dave McMenamin, and these sort of guys that uh, uh, the clutch connections, all those sort of things. Kyrie Irving hasn't said the opposite either. I, and obviously, it seems to me like you can put two and two together a little bit more with Kyrie Irving than you can with Kevin Durant because we have no idea where Kevin Durant stands other than bits and pieces from Stephen Bondi who can be incredible-ish at times in a similar way to, to Brian Lewis with Kyrie Irving stuff. So I think that there's at least some credence to this, and I think it is worth thinking about that maybe Kyrie Irving truly does want to be in Brooklyn. He, he's got his families there. He's got his ties there. You know, he, he loves New Jersey. He grew up a fan. He was you know tweeting out Instagram – not tweeting out. He was putting out Instagram stories of fans in his gear – um, on his own personal page. So if we're looking at stuff that he's done personally, recently he's showed a, a loyalty and dedication and love for the Brooklyn Nets, if anything. Yeah, I think he, like you said, he's kind of almost playing the in-between and understanding of like, hey, you know, if they don't want me here, you know, my preferred destination is definitely the Lakers with LeBron. And it seems, I think it's also important to note that there were reports, especially during the whole, you know, opt-in and KD trade request stuff that, the Nets had potentially planned to trade Kyrie Irving regardless. Like if 
he did stay with the team and did opt in. They were going to look at potential deals. So I think it's important to note that. And like you said, I think at the end of the day, entering the offseason, it was pretty clear that Kyrie Irving wanted to be in Brooklyn. He wanted to be in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant based off of everything he said and pressers and on social media feed. So it's not surprising. And again, he never, like you said, never publicly came out and said, you know, I needed a trade, never had Shams leak that he's demanding a trade. He just was seeking a contract from other teams that he would like in a sign and trade scenario. So, and I think also like you alluded to earlier, Jack, it's kind of painting him in a prettier picture as well. You know, Hey, like I want to be here. If they trade me, that's on them. That's their choice. Even though obviously there's, there's probably a little bit more complex in that relationship wise and given what's happened between the two parties, but still, you know, I think in a sense it gives you a level of positivity. And I think Kyrie's pretty smart and his team is pretty smart in the sense of like, Hey, let me look good. Obviously, if I'm not traded, I'm still going to be a free agent next offseason. So let me start to look like, you know, I'm not the problem. I'm not creating drama. I'm here to play basketball in Brooklyn where I signed my contract. I said I was going to fulfill the commitment to the Nets and Kevin Durant. Let me go ahead and do that or at least show every intention of doing that. And if the Nets decide to move me, that's on them. Well, we did get reports from I think it was Christian Winfield or something uh, or somewhere around the Nets beat about the fact that the Nets wanted Kyrie having to opt in. You know, the, when yeah. there was the whole contract negotiations happening, two years, three years, four years, and, and Shams did some pretty good reporting on that as well. But we heard that you know, the Nets ultimately just wanted him to opt in, and we were both against that. It, it is what it is now. But Kyrie Irving himself, the fact that he has opted in, whether it's in Lakerland or in Nets land, it's going to be on him to have a big season one way or another so yep. he can get that next big payday, probably the final big payday as he head into the, you know, the final sort of chapter of his career here. But any other Kyrie thoughts? I'll we'll probably go a bit back and forth here before we get to you know the big kahuna number seven himself, Slim Reaper, the Kevin Durant stuff. In your eyes, Jack, let's say you know a Kevin Durant trade comes to fruition and we don't have to discuss what the package is. Is there a scenario where you could see Kyrie Irving playing for the Nets next season if Kevin Durant is not here? Or is it just kind of a thing where, hey, we trade KD, we'll take a, a bad offer from the Lakers just so you know we move on to that next chapter? I would say the latter. I I would never say never, but I don't think that there is a lot of good goodwill between Kyrie Irving and Joe Sy, even though there probably has been in the past. I think that the relationship with Kyrie Irving and the team overall is fractured. You know, and I think that it's not irre irreparable, no irreparable, but I think that a lot would need to change for Kyrie Irving to be you know, the solo star in Brooklyn alongside, you know, maybe it's Donovan Mitchell or, or whoever ben else. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, as well as, you know, Mikhail Bridges or Tyler Hero or whoever, whatever out of the package the Nets do get in return. So I would say it's very unlikely. It's not impossible. And I think that, like you alluded to, if Kevin Durant is gone, then I think the Nets would be more willing to take Russell Westbrook and only one first-round pick, even though I would probably be angrier with that than the fact of losing... Um, no, I wouldn't be angry. Than <laughs> I think uh, you we would be angrier with the product in which we have to watch on the, the court. Package if, yeah. And the fact that Russell Westbrook would be a Brooklyn Net and the fact that you are getting such a bad deal. And I get that Kyrie Irving is also a distressed asset and that his yep. market isn't great either, but Kyrie Irving has at least one team that wants him. Russell Westbrook has zero teams. They'll probably be the, the, the Wandong Tigers and the Melbourne Phoenix that probably down here in the NBL that don't want Russell Westbrook and his contract <laughs> on their team. 
Yeah, I think it's important to note the difference in the contract too. You know, the difference in money and how that would impact the Nets and potential luxury tax bill. And we know Joe Sy, especially for a team that's not competing, unlikely to to pay that. And I just one final note on the Kyrie stuff is obviously he's been at summer league. He's attended some games. He has not attended any of the Nets games, which obviously probably means he doesn't want to really interact with, you know, Steve Nash, Sean Marks, or or potentially anyone over there. So does want to interact with Theo Pinson though. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Theo? But uh, lo- everyone loves Theo. Bring, bring back Theo. If we get Theo, I'd rather have Theo Pinson than Russell Westbrook in a trade package return. At least one of them understands the role. <laughs> True that. True that, indeed, Nick. Um, I guess we will get to the, to the KD stuff. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We probably heard this more so earlier in the week when we were talking about, um, you know, we do a lot of preparation for our podcast and we saw stuff from Iron Eagle sort of dropping a few little hints here and there. And both of you and I, you know, when Iron Eagle speaks, we do listen when it comes to Brooklyn Nets stuff. You know, he's said stuff about Ben Simmons in the past that ended up coming to fruition. And he was the one that sort of brought up the fact probably before many Obviously, this notion was brought up quite a bit by different reporters about the fact that if the Nets don't get anything, but it was from reporters that you're like, okay, that's coming from Sean Marks and the Nets as a leveraging tactic, as a leverage tactic. Whereas now, this could legitimately happen. We could see the Nets bring back Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, whether it's for one season or beyond that. And now it's or not even only just been... to the trade deadline. Uh, I mean, yeah, e- exactly. It could be for you know three, four, five, six months. Nick, how much are you buying this more and more? And I'll give you your percentage question in a little bit. Uh, I think you have to buy it more and more. And I think a big reason why, Jack, is what you mentioned. You know, it's being reported by other sources, you know, non-Sean Mark leaks. You know, uh, the Lakers beat reporter uh, on ESPN was talking about and saying, like, how the Lakers are looking at the situation and kind of like, all right, are the Nets going to kind of pull the trigger on this? Because they're they're under the assumption as well. If the Nets don't trade Kevin Durant, they're probably not going to trade Kyrie Irving. So I think hearing it from multiple sources and also hearing that the offers aren't very good for Kevin Durant. So 
why are you going to trade him in a position where you have no leverage and you're going to you know, set your franchise back given, given some of the moves you made during the KD and Kyrie era? You know, trading all those picks to Houston, like you really have to make sure, like we discussed on previous shows, like set yourself up for the next 10 years or at least set yourself up with the proper tools to build a competitor, uh, a contender down the line. So you you really have to sit on this. And even if the Nets don't want to do it and they don't want to run it back next year, it still might just make more sense. Like at the end of the day, you have to have some common sense and have a certain level of value you need to hit to make a trade. You just can't do it because you're quote-unquote sick of the drama and quote-unquote want a team you're proud of like you know you you have to understand the dynamics of the NBA and why holding on to them for one more year might just make sense and might just work out and not to say it's likely they win a championship but it might give you enough taste if you're Josiah and Sean Marks understand like damn you know we we really can't let these guys go and hopefully we didn't you know ruin these relationships completely yeah, maybe Joe Sy reaffirms his religion of winning if yeah. Kevin Durant and Kyrie having do come back. But to piggyback off a couple of points in relation to what you're saying, Nick, you know, we heard Woj early in the week say that the Toronto Raptors are going to be unwilling to include Scotty Barnes, who is probably, you know, when I asked you, one of the number one wish list players to, to build around. Barnes going. himself said that he didn't think he was included. He commented on an Instagram post and said, we know that, like in regards to the quote you just mentioned. So obviously we would love Scotty Barnes. You know, he's good mates with uh, Darren Sharp playing at Montverde High School. We saw them together at Summer League, but it seems very unlikely that could happen. Brandon Ingram, the Boston Celtics deals, those sort of things that we've talked about, they're not on the table as, as we speak. And if they were, we'd probably hear more reports surrounding that. Yeah. Phoenix obviously don't have a great package. They're DeAndre Ayton stuff with Indiana and, and whoever else is, is interesting. And also, I, I just think that, Kevin Durant, I can't remember who it was reported this. You know, you share a lot of stuff with me, which is, which is great, but I should keep more notes and, and tabs on who it is that's doing this reporting. Kevin Durant isn't going to go down the same route as Ben Simmons and go, okay, I'm just not going to play. He's not going to do the James Harden route of being like, all right, I'm going to put up five points against one of the worst teams of yep. the, the modern era in the Sacramento Kings. Kevin Durant respects and... This is not me saying this. This is another reporter saying it and me relaying it to this podcast. Kevin Rand is unlikely to, quote, sit out. So yeah. if he, there is no package for him and Kevin Rand can't get to Phoenix where he wants to go and to a lesser extent Miami and then you know, destinations where the Nets would be able to get a, a package in return, then he probably is going to play for the Brooklyn Nets, whether that's unwillingly or you know, he's not going to be motivated to go out there and, and put up MVP, you know, best player in the, the world sort of performances. He's still going to play for the Nets and he still has... He still has enough respect for the game. I think there are a few players other than Kevin Durant and maybe like LeBron James that have given their age and given their stature that are just like, this game gave me so much. I can't throw it in the face and, and do these sort of things that have been done by previous players, including players of our own um, in terms of how they've treated trade requests and, and such and call it not a trade demand. It is a trade request as Adam Silver did allude to uh, as well. So, I think that those things are also worth putting into taking into consideration. And I think those uh, bode well, I guess you could say, for the Brooklyn Nets that Kevin Durant wouldn't sit out. Yeah, I think in a Mike Scotto article as well, you know, he interviewed some league executives and multiple people said they couldn't see Kevin Durant doing that. And just based off of what KD said in the past, I think he would think it's disrespectful to himself in the game of basketball not to go out there and compete at a high level. Like, 
he could hate the Nets and I could still see him average 30 a game because he just loves his Did you like a Kobe sort of style thing where it's just like, all right, I'm not going to pass the ball and I'll have 40 points, zero assists, zero rebounds and just put up buckets. Yeah. That's what I could see KD doing. Yeah, I mean, I just see him definitely playing. It seems very unlikely he'd sit out. And obviously, you know, there's been different rumblings and other sources saying, you know, he probably wouldn't. He'd probably suit up. It doesn't mean that he'd want to be in Brooklyn or he doesn't want to be in Phoenix, but he understands probably the situation. And, you know, I think there was some other reporting in terms of like the fluidity in which Kevin Durant makes decisions. So how his mind can be swayed or how he can change his mind over the course of a couple months, especially if it looks like it's going to be Katie and Kyrie, you know, in Brooklyn. And that's truly what those two guys want. They love, you know, playing with each other. They're great friends. They have a great relationship and maybe just that, that level of joy can help create something. But again, I think it's important to note that things might not be perfect with the rest of the team. So there, there hasn't, there, there's a lot of different factors and variables. If KD and Kyrie do come back to this team and play next year, and there's no guarantee that they'll, they'll be a great team or they'll have great chemistry or there won't be just as much drama as last year. There, there's probably even a million more variables than what we saw last season, just given how uneasy everything is. Now, if we did get a report that was, you know, KD's were sending his trade requests, Joe Sy, Sean Marks, Rich Kleiman, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all, all met up. and We did just... hear, though, Nick, that apparently the Nets have been in contact with yeah. Rich Kleiman and Kevin Durant, which is also a positive sign. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I think it's important to kind of, you know, them showcasing, too, is like, hey, we are working and trying to make this trade, but these offers just straight suck. Like, you know what I mean? And you're Kevin Durant, so you have to understand that we're going to trade you for a certain value. But again, I think it's great that they're, you know, in contact. But again, I think the real solution will come from an in-person meeting where everyone gets together and really discusses, hey, what we can do. And maybe that even includes, you know, Ben Simmons, you know, who seems like he's been kind of given the keys for the time being. Yeah, it's like Mr. Brooklyn right now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just like the guy hasn't played a game and he's suddenly like our franchise face. I'm like, I mean, I love Ben 10, but come on, guys. Kyrie and Katie are still Brooklyn Nets. And it's crazy because he was just so quiet and like nothing from him in terms of like the only thing we saw was like an occasional practice video. And now all of a sudden we're getting like close up one on one videos. He's at Summer League. Royce O'Neal said on uh, the Nets Voice podcast hosted by Chris Carino that, you know, Ben was the first guy to reach out to him. So, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> interesting. It is. It is interesting. And, and hopefully that bodes well for Ben having a, a big bounce back season next year. That'd be great. But nice to see him like happy and confident yeah. and social. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's good to see the, the good vibes uh, coming yeah. from Ben. You know, the, the vibes do be important, as we alluded to earlier. But Nick, we saw some reporting of betting odds. And, and it seems that, you know, obviously Phoenix and Miami have been like, you know, the sort of top two in, in the sort of race to get Kevin Durant or retain Kevin Durant. It seems to me that the Nets are now the favorites. And sometimes you read into the betting and and the bookies because they were the ones that were reporting about Paolo Benchero going to Orlando despite the fact that Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith were higher-rated prospects by a lot of people. Is there anything to this? Yeah, and I think important to note that they were pretty on top of the KD trade request because the day or the day before that was happening, DeAndre Ayton on to the Nets were skyrocketing because the belief was that was going to be part of the trade package returning to Brooklyn. So I think it it does play some level of a role. Obviously, the betting market can be swayed by big bets as well, but it is interesting. And Nets went from, you know, 
pretty, I don't want to say long shot odds, but definitely we're not close to even being favored. I think they fought out of the top three at one point, and now on some betting websites, they're back to number one in being the favorites. I wouldn't say it's significant, but I wouldn't say it's insignificant either. So it, it could play a little bit of something, and there could be a little bit of knowledge there. And like I said, I think the most important thing, and based off all the reporting, is like, None of the packages seem great. And I think the way that we know that is none of them have been rumored. None of them have been leaked in terms of, hey, you know, this is what they're offering. And maybe the Nets would leak it because they want one more pick or trying to create some leverage. It just doesn't seem like that's the case right now. Yeah, what we've heard is that the Nets want an all-star. They want a player that is of formidable value as well as a, a glut of draft picks. You know, we we did hear the the Minnesota one of Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and, yeah. and everything else to go with it, which was just like, okay, so the Nets think that Kevin Durant should be traded for basically every player in the league. And look, I, I agree with most of that. That package was a bit ridiculous, but it just shows the, the value and what the Nets do want. And they're, they're setting the bar very, very high. Nick, rather than make you do the old percentage, mate, you know, we were talking about betting here. If you're a betting man, as of right now, I'll give you your 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and you're going to betonline.ag or, or another sports betting company, which is legal in, in your neck of the woods as it is in mine, where would you put your money? <laughs> I'd rather do percentages. <laughs> um, I, I think <laughs> do, both. do both. I'll let you put your money, and then I'll let you give me a percentage as well. I mean, I think as a fan, you're always hopeful and that's, you know, what you want at the end of the day is you want to watch Kevin Durant play basketball for the Nets one more time, especially if it is in a last dance situation, because you would just enjoy every single pull up jumper, every single, you know, uh, three in transition, just all the, the stuff that Kevin Durant could do. So I think also right now, again, is it just doesn't seem like there's so much movement in Phoenix is going to be in a weird situation probably within the next 48 hours, given the DeAndre and stuff with, you know, the Pacers opening up that cap space officially. I think they're just waiting on the Malcolm Brogdon physical to be official. He did his press conference. The trade is technically official, but the the physical hasn't gone through. And I guess listening to some stuff, the Pacers are kind of by the book and they don't really want to do anything until that's all completely taken care of. So the DeAndre Ayton stuff could play a role in that. And I think that makes the Suns way more uh, less attractive because they'll have less ways to gather another asset for the Nets because I don't think the Pacers are doing much other than Miles Turner. And then if the Raptors aren't offering Scotty Barnes and the Pelicans don't really seem that interested and we don't know what's going on with Boston and Miami's offer is trash, I think you know the Nets, I don't want to seem say seem likely, but it seems like a realistic scenario that they're back in Brooklyn to start the season. So to start the season, I think I'd put my money on the Nets, but it doesn't mean they'd finish the season in Brooklyn. What's the percentage, Nick? I think a 33% chance, one in three. I'll go 40. I'm going to go yeah. high. I'm going to be an optimistic one for once. And you know, there's times where I've lent 50-50 over certain reports. I was like 100% when, I, mm. when you sent me that Brian Lewis report about it going forward. And look, we still don't know the reasons why Kevin Durant does want out because he hasn't chosen to speak and we've only got little bits and pieces about the fact that Kyrie Irving hasn't been extended could be an issue. The fact that Adam Harrington was let go by the Nets could be an issue. Obviously, Adam Harrington and really close ties to, to Kevin Durant given his time in, in OKC and they have a really strong relationship. And obviously, everything that happened this year, you know, the relationship with Steve Nash doesn't seem to be great. Is he the biggest fan of Ben Simmons? You know, certain trade requests or the, that he wanted Sean Marks to make. You know, the, is the organization really appeasing themselves to Kevin Durant's uh, of late? I, I don't know. So there's probably a multitude of factors within that. But as it stands, yeah, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards probably the Brooklyn Nets as well. But a team we haven't discussed, Nick, 
is the Golden State Warriors. And that <laughs> rumor was brought up um, today by Brian Winhorst again, talking about the fact that both Stephen Curry and Joe Lacob both haven't dismissed the idea of Kevin Durant coming back to Brooklyn. And look, I, I, I'm not interested in Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, Jordan Paul, everyone else. But I think having an extra suitor increases the market for KD. But at the same time, if you lose Aiton, then that sort of loses it. So it's just, I guess, having just general discussions about the market, Nick, you know, the Rudy Gobert trade, DeAndre Aiton, Golden State Warriors here, no Scotty Barnes. Let's have this general discussion about the market for Kevin Durant and, you know, did Rudy Gobert ruin it for, for Brooklyn in one way, but also help Brooklyn uh, in, in another? Did DeAndre Ayton going actually hurt the Nets because it takes away a, a suitor or does it actually help them because they're not going to trade um, him to where he wants to go if they're not getting their basically best asset in return? I think Ayton's a better player than Mikael Bridges, even though Bridges is probably a more malleable role player. What's your general thoughts on the market in general, including the Warriors, Jazz, everyone else in between? Because the Nets apparently also have interest in Donovan Mitchell. I've said a lot of stuff here, Nick. Yeah. Maybe I think, you should say some stuff. <laughs> I think, Jack, it all depends on what your goal is. You know, is your goal to keep Kevin Durant or is your goal to trade Kevin Durant for the best possible package? My goal, uh, in my my view as a fan, not even as a podcaster, I am happy the Rudy Gobert trade happened because it prevents the Nets from making a dumb trade because now the Nets can't go out there and take a package less than Rudy Gobert. They, they're they almost guaranteed to at least get something better than that. Even if it's a little bit better, it guarantees there'll at least be some level of a quality package. So I think that is great. But at the same time, obviously, a lot of teams are not going to have those assets, so it makes it less likely that you're able to make the trade. So if your goal is to actually trade Kevin Durant you know, you could argue the Rudy Gobert trade kind of gave you, you know, a fake idea of the market value. Because, again, Rudy Gobert essentially went for five first round picks, one being a rookie. And then also I think there's a swap. So maybe even six and then some quality role players in there, too. I think another hurdle in this whole market thing is, you know, the designated rookie extension stuff yeah. where you can't have these two guys on the same deal. Because if that was the case, I think the Nets might have already pulled the trigger on a trade to land Donovan Mitchell with Ben Simmons. The fact is that they'd have to trade Ben to land Donovan complicates things and makes that less attractive. So I think that's a huge factor in it. And like you said, you know, the Warriors definitely could help increase the potential value. But again, like you'd have to move Ben Simmons to acquire Andrew Wiggins and that complicates things again. So it's just like so many different factors right now in terms of the market. And I think the market understands the situation the Nets are in and also how toxic they looked for the entire month of June. Like it was just constant reports and there's rumblings and, you know, there's, I think some obvious reasons why Kevin Durant is unhappy, like you mentioned, and then, uh, you know, some reasons that are behind closed doors, some things that we've heard about in terms of requests for certain players, you know, potential coaching changes or potential coaching moves and those things not coming to fruition and Kevin Durant feeling like his voice is not being heard. And obviously I think, Again, for the Kyrie scenario, I think you also have to look at it from more than one angle. It's like, yeah, Kyrie is his friend and he lose that guy and he he wants to play with him at a really high level. But at the end of the day, if the Nets lost Kyrie, they were never replicating his talent on the roster and taking the team further away from a championship. And I think as a player that's Kevin Durant and you're destined to win a cha- you know, your goal is to win a championship and you want to do it in Brooklyn. And now you're telling me, hey, we don't want to offer a, a good contract to our second best player. Yeah, it's things are going to start to rub you the wrong way. So I think the market is influenced by 
a lot of different factors. One, the Gobert trade, one, Ben Simmons being on the roster, and one, the Nets just looking really toxic for a month and not having much leverage in the situation, especially when it's reported that ownership is ready to move on from these guys. Now, if you're another team, it's like, well, they already kind of want to do it. Why am I trying to push them over the top? They might push themselves over the top because they already hate it. <laughs> yeah, look, the the best deal, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this when we were discussing, you know, Scotty Barnes, Brendan Ingram and such. The two best deals that can be offered are if New Orleans is willing to include Brandon Ingram and le- the lesser version of the Raptors, which is, you know, OG and Pascal or Pascal and, and Gary Trent Jr. And are you willing to take either of those deals? Look, maybe Ingram, because I think Ingram can Ingram and Ben Simmons can be together on the roster because I think Ingram's extension is different to what Ben Simmons wanted. It's not a rookie extension. So I wouldn't I'd if you I could get Ingram, I'd be more willing to 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 pick up the phone and such and look that they could be waiting in the wings or they could just be waiting to they've just got like a, a, a deep team in general, New Orleans. I'm not sure what they're sort of wanting. So I but feel like it, they just want to build their team. Like, I, I don't think the trade is super intriguing to them. I think they'd rather just kind of let it run out with the players they have and see, you know, what Ingram and Zion can turn into and rather have a stretch of, you know, a seven-year run with those two guys than that might be contending than have, you know, potentially a two-year run with Kevin Durant. No, look, David Griffin, sometimes it, 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 it hard, it's hard to predict where the general manager and the ownership want to sort of go. And New Orleans have made a, a heap of splashy moves. So it's just, could they do another and, yeah. and, and add Kevin Durant to, to CJ McCollum? And CJ McCollum wants to win a championship and Kevin Durant's giving him a bit of shit about it. Well, maybe they could join together and, and join forces and see what happens there. But I, I guess, and the Golden State stuff, you know, I, I made my thoughts known a little bit earlier, as did you. But in general, Nick, I wanted to ask you about just all these weird proposals that we're seeing. And a lot of them are similar in the fact that the three, four-team deals that are being done see Utah being compensated greater for losing Donovan Mitchell than the Nets for losing the better player and one of the best players to ever step foot on the court. Bobby Marks, Crucial Winfield, all are like, let's give 45 million picks to the Utah Jazz for just losing Donovan Mitchell, but the Nets lose both Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, but we'll give them Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich and maybe like two picks. How, how does that make sense? Yeah, it doesn't. And I think, again, this is where it gets complicated because of the Ben Simmons thing. So you're trading a player that value is extremely low at the time and when healthy can be a top 25 player and one of the best defenders in the entire NBA. And now you're telling me the Nets need to trade him, Cam Thomas, five first round picks in three swaps for Donovan Mitchell, who who's a great player and, you know, probably a top 25 player potential to maybe get into the top 15 if everything really broke right for him. But there's definitely question marks with his size as he kind of moves forward. And obviously defensively, he's not amazing either. So again, a lot of these trades just don't make sense. Like it just doesn't make sense because you're not getting great value. You know, like you said, this is the proposed one from Bobby Marks. The Nets received Donovan Mitchell, Mikel Bridges, Miles Turner. They're losing Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Cam Thomas. Like, so we're swapping three players for three lesser players and getting no draft picks. And obviously Mitchell and Bridges could, could get better in the future, but Turner's pretty much who he is at this point in his career. So uh, I think a lot of, and we did hear as well from Jake Fisher, who you know has reported on the, on the nets before when it came to James Harden stuff that the nets don't have a lot of interest in both Aiton and or yep. Turner. 
Yeah, and also just important, Shams just reported the Jazz and the Knicks have started discussions on a Donovan Mitchell trade. So that might not be something we even have to worry about. Obviously, the Knicks have been tied to to Mitchell since draft time, you know, since he was in the draft. And they, I think he went a pick or two before them, or maybe they they passed on him, but whatever yeah, it was. Uh, was it um, Nilakina that they took in, instead? Yeah, I think it might have been. So, you know, that that's obviously plays a role. And also, like we talked about before, Ben being quote-unquote showcased in a big part of all these pushes it just seems less and less likely that they'll look to trade him we see him you know dapping up with sean marks and steve nash at summer league we saw him hanging out with ownership we heard the reports that the nets seem unlikely to be willing to trade i think the mitchell stuff probably got overblown for the nets maybe a little bit because of previous interests especially when uh, going back to that same draft class and also just Maybe the Nets were just tinkering with all the different possibilities, and that's something they listened to, and it kind of got expanded a little bit more. And not, and I'm not sitting here saying like Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, who who I want. I just think based off of the reporting and what I'm analyzing from the Nets, it seems like they prefer to keep Ben. And again, because his value is so low right now, it doesn't really make sense to send him to Utah and get Donovan Mitchell. No, and and look, if we had to make it a, a choice, we can do that in in future podcasts. But I wanted to end with Nick, you know, a few other little murmurings and and stuff around summer league and Cam Thomas. I think the big thing to take away from it is that we got recent reports from Brian Lewis again about the fact that apparently the Cavaliers, Mavs, annual New Orleans Pelicans have made concrete offers for Cam Thomas, including you know something around a, a first round sort of pick, and we also heard Cam Thomas. Hmm. I, we'll have the, the minor discussion about it. Nick. I think you can discuss his comments or lack of comments or facial expressions in relation to the Steve Nash coaching comment about wanting him to be more of a playmaker. And he had seven assists, um, a career high in that summer league sort of game. And Cam Thomas sort of shrugged off the the notion that he, Steve Nash wanted to be more of a playmaker and whatever. We, we can have that discussion if you want. But I, th- I thought we'd touch on a little bit of non-KD Kyrie stuff to finish off the pod. Yeah, um, I do just have one more KD note, and then I'll get straight to the Cam Thomas stuff. I think just to take note of what Adam Silver said in terms of not being happy about the trade request and not happy about the way it plays out, I think the Nets would have backing from the league in terms of not making the trade and wanting Kevin Durant to fulfill his contract. Not to say that that's going to make it happen, but just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. But getting to Cam... Silver thing to go to push back on a little bit, Nick. Silver has been... He hasn't been David Stern. Let's just put it that way when it comes to the players are running the league more so than ever. And in terms of these sort of requests that are being made by Kevin Durant and and Anthony Davis and and the rest of it, they are running the league. And if Adam Silver doesn't like it, then he's going to have to put some parameters in place in the next CBA or whatever else that might be going forward. So I think that's something to point out as well. Yeah, I think, and also obviously the new CBA coming up and this being such a big factor. And I think obviously Joe Sai would probably be one leading, leading as some of the stuff on the trader quest thing. If you know, this is still an issue as we kind of move forward. So just something to keep in the back of the mind, but getting to cam touching on the first round pick stuff. I think again, it's always important to note is like, yeah, I wouldn't just randomly trade cam for a first round pick, but it's good to know that if you need to make a multi-team trade, you could acquire another first round pick to potentially acquire another player for this roster and getting to the summer league stuff. I think it's was probably overblown and I probably reacted to it a little bit more harshly than I, I should have, because obviously cam has had kind of negativity when this type of narrative has been brought up in the past. Um, and obviously, you know, rolling your eyes when it's your head coach and also not just your head coach, like this is, 
you know, one of the best point guards has ever played in the NBA, you know, mentioning this to you and it being respectfully an obvious hole in his game, you know, there and being someone who's watched summer league, there's been numerous passes that Cam Thomas has missed and he's taken bad shots. So like, I don't think it's a bad narrative because it's an area he needs to get better at. And I think he probably needs to humble himself a little bit, to be honest. And I think also the biggest factor for him is like people are saying this because they want him to be the best version of himself. And I think we and I talked about this on I want to say the last podcast or maybe I tweeted out is like the next step for Cam is elevating the players around him. Because like, hey, dude, we know that you can score. We know that you're a bucket. You know, you averaged almost 30 last year in summer league. You're averaging 30 this year. Like, we want to see how you can make some of these lesser players better and make their life easier. And that's, you know, becoming that next level player. That's going from being a microwave scorer to potentially being a starter or being a fringe all-star down the line because you're having an impact on the entire offense rather than just your scoring output. I want to ask one thing, Nico, in relation to the trade rumors and sort of pose a scenario to you. Kyrie Irving stays. Does Cam Thomas stay? If Kyrie Irving leaves, does it mean Cam Thomas is more likely to? Because that's a notion that I think is if if Kyrie Irving were to leave, you've got a a semi-ready-made scoring, talented scorer in Cam Thomas. You need the ball handler. (laughs) And and ball handler in, in that case too. Do you think I'm wrong to think that? No, I think that's fair. And I think also if... If KD and Kyrie come back in a, a quote unquote, you know, good faith scenario, I don't think everything's going to be perfect, but let's say a good faith and they're like, oh yeah, we still probably need to make a, one more move or another move. And it could even be someone that suits well next to Ben, but also could help this year's team a la PJ Washington or a stretch big of some sort. Yeah, maybe you do move Cam because you are able to acquire that extra first round pick that you just traded in the Royce O'Neal trade. So I think that's definitely plausible. And then obviously, if you do trade the stars, you definitely want to keep Cam because one, you need scoring, two, you need ball handling, and you need some level of creation. And I think that's also important to note is like, hey, Cam, like there's a chance that you could be playing a decent amount of point guard minutes. You know, even this season, even if everybody is here, you know, guys are going to be hurt. And we we saw him have to run, you know, second units last year. And it was kind of hit or miss. So I think it's important for him to develop those skills. And I think it's important for him at some point. Obviously, he's extremely young. So when you're young, you don't always think super clearly. And obviously, you know, you feel jaded sometimes. But I think it's important for him to know is like the narrative is there because there is some truth to it. And it's not saying you're a selfish player. It's just an area that you can improve and it can take you to that next step as an NBA player. Yeah, look, back streets back in <laughs> my workplace. Hopefully, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving back on Nick. Yeah, hopefully. And I guess one final note on Summer League, it's been pretty bad. I've been pretty disappointed with a lot of the stuff. We'll probably jump into it more so at the end of Summer League, but it hasn't been fun to watch, especially that Grizzlies game. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.